0: We welcome everyone to this morning to the Basilica as we celebrate Corpus Christi Sunday. The Eucharist is the greatest gift given to any man, woman, or child. And today we come to thank God our Father on Father's Day for such a wonderful gift in the real presence of His Son's precious body and blood. Happy Father's Day to all of you fathers that are out there. Whether we acknowledge God our Father as the giver of all life at the beginning of the world, whether we acknowledge our own fathers who gave life at the moment of our conception, or our Godfathers who stood at the font as we are welcomed with the divine life and grace that comes from God at baptism, or the many spiritual fathers with taking care, of bringing us Jesus, reconciling us to the Father. Fathers have a great responsibility, and that's why today we acknowledge them. But today, fathers, I'm gonna challenge you. Not that we need another challenge, but how do we reclaim the faith and family values? the virtues that are so needed in the world today that are desperately lacking. It all begins with the head of the family. Today, we began a three-year cycle on the Eucharistic revival. St. Paul tells us in that beautiful second reading today, what he had received from the Lord of what took place on the night of that Last Supper. St. Paul was not in that room. How did St. Paul receive from the Lord what took place on the night of that Last Supper? He received the Lord's message. He received the Lord in the Eucharist. But somebody had to share it with him. And that's why it is our job to make Jesus present. And that's why I think it's very important because this day and age, only one in four people who are baptized as Catholics are attending Mass. If we're in communion with the church, we'd be attending Mass and the values. Could we also say one in four Catholics only believe in the real presence? It might be a stretch, But this revival of the Eucharist by the bishops in their wisdom asks us to go back to the basics, to the teaching of the gospel. And that's why I say for me and my parish, I'd like us to meditate on the next three years because we can spend the rest of our life on these four words the rest of our life we can wrap our heads around and try to understand what it means what are those four words the Eucharist is Jesus let's begin today with a little medication Jesus says he is the way the truth and the life nobody really objects that but if the Eucharist is Jesus the Eucharist is the way the truth and the life. Jesus says elsewhere in the gospel that nobody refutes. I am the resurrection. We all want salvation. The Eucharist is the resurrection and salvation in the world today. In today's gospel, Jesus is healing, is getting light. They're looking for food. If the Eucharist is Jesus, the Eucharist is healing even today. The Eucharist restores us. It's the Eucharist who saves the world because the Eucharist is Jesus. Do we believe that? Because that is what we profess. When we come to communion and we say, Amen, I believe. Now St. Thomas Aquinas in his many writings on Corpus Christi Sunday has one phrase that caught my eye this year when he says there is nothing that is greater than the power of the Eucharist. Imagine that. How many earthquakes there are. How many volcanoes there are. How many floods there are and droughts. The Eucharist has greater power than all of those things together. So what is the point? The point is this, that the Eucharist provides everything we need because God is love. And is saving us through the power of the Eucharist. He saved the people 2,000 years ago. He is still saving people today. That's why you and I need to enter into the mystery of the Eucharist. We have to give our heart to the mystery of the Eucharist. We need to experience the transforming power of the Eucharist. But to do that, we need to receive the Eucharist. To the degree that we have faith, we will enter, we will experience we will receive that to the challenge to help us to grow our faith. Now many of you who know me know that I've had COVID for the third time. Not that I need to put myself on a pedestal or pat myself on the back. That's not what this is about. I wanna use this example, what happens when we lack faith? When we lack faith, it's like being diagnosed with COVID or a serious cold. What goes on? The head is stuffed. Stuffed full, there is no relief. The nose in COVID cannot smell. We lose our senses. The mouth cannot taste the food in our hunger. That image is what it's like to lack faith in the Eucharist. Because God gives us that clear perception. So why is the Eucharist rejected? Many people accept that Jesus healed the blind man. The man could see. That Jesus cursed the fig tree. The tree died. That the storm on the Sea of Galilee was calmed when Jesus was there. But yet today many people do not believe in the words of the Last Supper. This is my body given for you. This is my blood poured out for you. And that's why I think the, why Jesus is rejected is because he is a scandal to those who do not believe that God can become man. Yes, God became man making himself and claiming himself to be God. Why do we struggle with this, this Last Supper, the body and blood of our Lord? Now I'm going to give you another example to help you to understand this. A few weeks ago, we had Rogation Days. On a Wednesday night during Rogation Days, we processed with Jesus in the Eucharist, around the block, praying for our parish, for fair market values, protection against damaging wind and hailstorms, And I remember coming on the south side of the rectory, turning north. There was one car that struck my attention. And I don't know why, it should have been on the Lord. But I can about imagine that person is wondering, who is that fat guy, wearing those awkward clothes that we don't see anywhere else, looking at a piece of bread. Imagine what was going on in that man's mind if our faith does not understand we will never enter the Eucharist we will never respect the Eucharist we will never have reverence for the Eucharist but the Eucharist is always present in our church in our conversations it's not a rock concert where we come into God's house with headphones The church is the sacred spot where we encounter the living God. How about the way we dress when we come to church? Do we prepare for the finest banquet of heaven and earth? If we understand Jesus is here, I think we'd think about that. How about the way we believe and talk to each other after mass and not running around the church as if it was a gymnasium? Sometimes I think we lose that reverence and respect When we don't enter or believe or receive the mystery God has going on for us That's why at adoration We sit here in reverence and respect for the living God If we don't have faith We believe we can fix our own problems Look at Adam in the garden. He had the world by the tail. All of creation was in harmony. He messed it up, what did he do? He didn't go to God. He isolated, he withdrew, he abandoned God. He tried to fix it on his own. And that's why I think it's important as we look at our life, is our life ordered on God? Do we have that? And that's why the reflection question is, where do I see God, my Father, in my life? And that's why faith has to order our senses. When I come to Mass, it is my heart that is blown away at what God did today. Taking five loaves and two fish to feed 5,000. And my heart's not into it, it's another story. But my socks are blown off in reverence to enter into the story that God has for us. And that's why my faith at Mass will tell me my senses are wrong because God is leading us. Finally, our faith should make us hungry. Hungry for God. Jean Corbon who wrote the fourth section of the Catechism, on prayer said the greatest thing man can do is receive God. The greatest thing there's no other thing that is better for man to do than to receive God. When we are hungry for God, God will change everything. Now I'm reminded of a close friend of mine in high school who was a state champion wrestler and of course we had the rivalry between wrestling and the basketball as both of them went during the same season. The wrestler happened to be cutting weight one year after Christmas, eating too many goodies, before getting back to his first January tournament. The hunger dominated his thoughts of eating. He even withheld water and he was thirsty. When you are hungry, it makes you dwell on what you are hungry for. Has the world lost its hunger for God? Has our own hearts lost their hunger for God and righteousness? God gives us the Eucharist as our food and drink. And that's why sometimes people will say, I am bored at Mass. I am distracted at Mass. Let me tell you about my friend, the wrestler. He was not bored when he put a pizza in front of him after weighing. He ate the whole thing. He was not bored with a glass of water as he was thirsty. Our hearts have a need for God that only God can fill. Why do we not satisfy our hunger for God? Because the world is a mess with godless values. What do you do to relate to God that needs fixing in your heart? Today is a good day that you relate to him as you receive him. Now this past week, I also throw this in. I came across a blog. And on the blog there was, eight, or somebody asked a question and there were people who wrote comments. If you were offered $875 million for a family member, what would you do? I read the first four responses, my mind was blown away. Zero respect for family, zero respect for life, zero respect for God. The first to ask the question, where can I drop this person off? Can you imagine? For $875 million, money is not our God. It's not gonna fill the void in our heart. Another said, I will bring you a casket because you didn't say you wanted them dead or alive. Really, we will never get, see Christ in one another if we don't find Christ in the Eucharist. Today, what is your appetite hungry for? There are certain things in your life like peace and love and joy. You cannot go to the Hugo's to find. You can't buy them at the hardware store. You can't even see them on the shelves at Walmart. It's only by you begin relating your greatest need and your desire to God. If I were to ask you right now, what is your greatest need in your heart for God? Could you answer that? I want you to bring that need today to the Holy Eucharist and watch what Jesus will do as you hunger and thirst for him, the living bread that came from heaven. Praise be Jesus Christ, now and forever. Amen.